Hello, Salmon River Country. This is Trey Sapp. I am the associate pastor at Salmon Valley Baptist Church, and it is great to be with you today on KSRA Radio. And as always, we want to welcome our listeners from the Into the Western Wild podcast. We are thrilled you're here, coming to you from the banks of the Salmon River, garden spot of the Mountain West. And as you can tell already, if you're a regular listener, uh, that I, I'm Trey, I'm not Pastor Mike, but I'm here with our very good friend, Pastor Tyler Baker, another associate pastor here at Salmon Valley Baptist Church. Tyler, welcome to Into the Western Wild. Woohoo! Great to be here. Every time we get you on, I think we need to do this more often. But, yeah, and uh, then uh, then life happens and we get busy and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tyler, introduce yourself. You're an associate pastor here. You work a lot with our students. Yep. Uh, I'm a, let's see, how do I introduce myself? Uh, I'm a, still a Southern boy at heart. Lover uh, of coffee. Yeah, I love good coffee, love good barbecue. <laughs> Born and raised in the great state of South Carolina, um, but loving life out in the Mountain West in Idaho, because there's right. no better place to be. And Tyler is uh, an associate pastor here, but also works in the community with Jeff Birch Construction. Yeah, true story. So yeah. thank you for the uh, roofs you've put on houses. You're very welcome. <laughs> I've done more than a couple of those at this point. <laughs> Pretty good carpenter, man of many talents. Yep, yep. Whatever pays the bills, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> Well, uh, Tyler is joining us um, recently at Salmon Valley Baptist Church on Sunday mornings. We've been going through a series, yep. a series on prayer, and it's it has been so good. Yeah. So good. Um, kind of getting back to the basics. I, I remember uh, Pastor Mike being a little surprised as we started it, how excited people were getting. But it's awesome to just take something that's almost a... Uh, uh, an assumption that we must know how to do this already and break it down and say, okay, here's what the Bible says about prayer and boy, it's been healthy. Yeah. Um, and I'm seeing that a lot in, you know, in our evangelism courses we teach and the mission courses we teach and, and now going through this prayer series of like, we're, I don't know, sometimes maybe as pastors, we start making assumptions that we should know how to do this as Christians, but then we never actually teach people. Yeah. And so just going through this series on practically teaching people how to pray has right. just, just been incredible how we've seen it just change people. That's right. Uh, and the Lord has used it in some really cool ways. It's kind of started with some how-tos. We talked about uh, uh, the prayers of Scripture. We talked about praying Scripture, uh, not just... It, it, there's a real opportunity to pray the prayers of Scripture to God, and you know you're praying truth, but also taking any Scripture, and what are the uh, elements of that that we can pray back to God. And what it does is it really focuses our heart back on Him. Yeah. But in that, uh, last week you had the opportunity to uh, preach one of the messages in this series, and you took us back to where uh, where Jesus teaches His disciples how to pray. Yeah. In a, in a series on prayer, I thought, you know, in my in my mind, I go, well, who's better to teach us how to pray than than Jesus? That's right. He should know how to commune with the Father pretty well. <laughs> so, um, so we went back to Matthew chapter six to look at the Lord's prayer, and that's exactly what Jesus does: is he takes his disciples aside, says, "This is how you should pray." Yeah. And I I love the fact that Jesus, you know, God Himself creator of the universe goes, let me teach you how to commune with God. Yeah. And let me teach you how to pray. 
Yeah, there's a lot in here. Yeah. And that's one of the things that you brought out this week and, and what we're, you know, we're going to attempt to bring out right now on the radio show uh, is just, this is packed. Because I remember uh, as a football chaplain in the past, uh, we would get together and we would we would do the Lord's Prayer before every game, but it was almost like a chant. Yeah. They, they weren't really stopping to think about what they were saying. It was more like, uh, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, they yeah. they just kind of, almost like a, as a football chant, they'd go through the Lord's Prayer in King James English. Yeah. <laughs> so it really was connecting great with these high school football player boys. Right. But, uh, but I mean, as we go through this, this prayer is a model. It's a, it's a, it, it's a template, but it's packed. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I think sometimes we lose the significance of it because, you know, if you've grown up in church or if you've been in church for long enough, you've probably heard this more than a couple times. Right. Uh, some denominations, you'll go to a Sunday morning, you will hear the Lord's Prayer recited every single morning. And before you know it, you just you stop hearing it. Yeah. And you stop understanding it and you stop growing from it. But and at, at no point should the Lord's Prayer actually just get degenerated into, you know, a chant. Yeah, that's Because right. there's so much good stuff in here. Now, we're about to dive in to Matthew chapter 6, but if folks wanted to watch this series or they wanted to see your sermon on this where you're going to go into more depth than we're going to go today, where could they catch that? Uh, go hook us up on YouTube, uh, Salmon Valley Baptist Church. Uh, we have a YouTube page on there. Go catch up on past sermons, um, some series, some teaching sessions. Um, so if you have not seen us on YouTube, go check us out there. That's right. Now, I'm going to read this, and then we'll kind of work through it piece by piece. Yeah. But uh, this is Matthew chapter 6. This is Jesus speaking, literally saying to his disciples, pray like this. And uh, in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, he says, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So right off the bat there, Tyler, tell us about that first verse, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Yeah, I think it's worth just taking a minute and stopping on the word Father. Yeah, it's kind of a mind-blowing way to address God. Yeah, I mean, we... Too often we just blow right past this word, but don't lose the significance of the fact that Jesus himself tells us as broken, sinful, finite human beings to go before God, the creator of the universe, and call him Father. Yeah. You know, Scripture says Father, but in reality, probably a better translation of this would just be Dad. Yeah. Like, it's even less formal than we even see it in Scripture. Right. Because we see Father, but, you know, we think Father. But it's, he's like, Dad. Hey, Dad. Yeah. And that's, that's insane. It's a, it's an intimacy, a closeness. Yeah. That I think probably even shocked Jesus' disciples at that point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is unheard of that you would come before God. I mean, coming out of... These these are Jewish boys that grew up with Old Testament law. Like this yeah. was, this was a strict religion. You had responsibilities. You did this. You did this. You did this, and you did not. You know. You know. You you didn't talk to God like this. But this is Jesus. Is like, 
we're invited in as, as children before yeah. a father. Yeah. This is an intimate relationship with a God who loves us. Yeah. With a God who is faithful and has the ability to provide everything we could possibly ever need. Yeah. And he says, go before God and just call him dad. Yeah. Well, and I, and I, I think, although it was, it was, you know, this is my speculation that it was probably fairly shocking for those disciples of Jesus. The reality is, and this is the piece I'm sure about, Jesus was displaying that towards that type of intimacy to his disciples right then. God had come near. Yeah. And he was standing there in the person of Jesus. Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> the the next part, our father in heaven. We don't need to rush past that either. No, absolutely not. We have this unique dynamic as as Christian uh as Christian people, as as Christ followers, that we have this unique relationship of of Jesus calls us in as as fathers, God the Father calls us in as children, but we can't forget the fact that He is still God. Yeah, like the God that breathed the universe into existence exists outside time of time, time and space. You know, the God that sits on a throne of heaven and is worshipped twenty four seven by angels that just bow down, saying, "Holy, holy, holy." I mean, the God that, you know, that literally holds all of creation in existence and holds it all together. We can't lose the fact that that's still the God we're coming before. Yeah. So while we're invited into intimacy, we're also, you know, we have, we can't be callous about this. There, there's a, a, a reverence, a, an awe to it. Yeah. Um, and so there's this unique balance for the, the believer of, this intimacy and this awe. Yeah. It's a relationship, but you gotta be some, some reverence and some, some holiness about this because this is not something we can take lightly. Yeah. It's a relationship with the great King of Kings. The one that, that, that knows every inch of creation that knows the, the sands on the seashore and the number of hairs on our heads and, and is in control, though it may not always look like he is in control on this planet, the reality is there is not an inch of creation over which he is not sovereign. Absolutely. He rules over it. He rules over the affairs of people. He rules over the forces of nature. He rules over all of creation. And that great ruler is the one that's saying, I want you to call me dad. Yeah. We can't lose the fact that like, that's what we do in prayer is come before that throne of God. Right. Like we literally, when in the book of Revelation, when he, John gives us a picture of what that throne looks like, we're literally getting to walk up to it. Yeah. And like stand in front of it and say, hey, dad. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Invited in. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> because like even in, in the Old Testament, you know, when Isaiah sees the throne of God. He doesn't go, oh, well, you know, whatever. No, he falls down on his face in worship. Yeah. And, you know, later in Apostle John, when he sees the throne room of God, he doesn't go, well, you know, I guess I should pray before I eat. Like, no, he falls on his face because he is before the creator God of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, as you were preaching this, you described it as, as intimacy and awe. Yeah. 
intimacy and awe. I love that. Yeah. It is both that we we approach God in intimacy and closeness, but we also approach him in awe and uh, a recognition of who he is. Yeah. And that kind of points the end of that verse as we talk about his name being kept holy, it kind of points us that direction as well. Yeah. Your name be kept holy. Or as most translations read, hallowed be your name. Right. We get through this Father in heaven, and then naturally we just, we're led into adoration and praise. Right. This word hallowed or holy literally means to be, to be set apart, to be consecrated, to be worthy of admiration and praise because there is no one else that exists like God. That's right. There is no one else that even comes close to the existence of who God is. Yeah. And that's that's worth giving him some praise. Yeah. Um and a good a good healthy prayer life, especially the when we're talking about a heart attitude of prayer, there's got to be some praise and worship in there. Yeah. Because if you're going before God and you're not left on your face in worship, yeah. you're doing it wrong. <laughs> You've met a different God than I have. <laughs> yeah. It, in that scenario, we're probably more caught up in our own stuff than we are focused on God. And then that's the big shift in this prayer, Yeah, is it doesn't focus on how we approach God and ask for things, it focuses in on who he is. Yeah. And that's, that is the big picture reality of prayer that we, we should be more focused on him than we are on us. Yeah. This is, this is a, a prayer that's part of a relationship, right? This is a two way street. We are communing with God and in reality, out of the two of us, I'm the less important person in this relationship, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's me. I'm just, a, I'm just a regular guy that happens to live in salmon versus the God, the creator of the universe. Clearly, one of us is more worthy of the focus in this prayer. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of salmon, the next piece uh, kind of connects heaven and earth in a sense, because the next piece of this, of this passage of this prayer says, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's, it's a, uh, it's it's bringing those two close in a sense. In fact, sometimes I have prayed, both personally and and in front of people, uh, may your will be done in salmon as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about this next piece of this of this prayer? Yeah, I, what this prayer is saying is he's not asking that the kingdom would come into existence because I mean. At this point, Jesus is walking around on planet Earth. The kingdom's already come. Yeah. What he's asking is that the this kingdom would come into completion right. on Earth. The kingdom of heaven at this point is, God is clearly the number one focus right. in the kingdom of heaven. And if that was to look the same on Earth, that would mean that, that God's will of every person coming to know Jesus and worshiping his name would come into completion. Yeah. That God's will and plan for the universe would come about. Yeah. That his will would be done, that his plan would happen, and that we would get to see God glorified on planet Earth like it is in heaven. So as just a regular person, I ought to be praying, Lord, may your will be done, because I really feel like I ought to be saying, 
Lord, why don't you do what I want? Yeah. Why don't you accomplish the way things, I, the way I think things ought to go? And, uh, but ultimately that kind of prayer is focused on my will. This prayer is focused on your will be done. Yeah. This is, this is a prayer life that looks like humility and submission. This is not about me. This is about God. It's less about me wanting what I want and God doing what I want, doing it my way when I want it, how I want. This is more of God has a plan for the universe and I want to be a part of that. Yeah. How can God grow me and shape me and mold me to be a part of his will and his plan and seeing his kingdom come about on earth? Now, this next piece of the prayer is the first time it kind of does turn back towards us a little bit. So we're deep into this prayer now, and it's all been focused on God. But here we are um, in verse 11, give us today the food we need, or give us our daily bread. You may have, may have heard that translation before. And uh, Tyler, I, I, I like that prayer. I really want to pray for kind of tomorrow's provision as well, though. Yeah. It's, it's no accident that we're halfway through the Lord's Prayer or how Jesus teaches us how to pray. And we're only now talking about us. Right. We're now at the point where most people fast forward to and go, hey, God, I need this, and I need this, and I need yeah. this. So we start here sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if we're, if we're already within the focus of God as Father, God as Creator of the universe, and God bringing about His will and plan, all of a sudden, maybe the things we ask for look a little bit different. Right. Maybe it's less about what I want, but maybe it's a little bit more about what He wants and asking God to help me be a part of that. Yeah. Praying for our daily provision is not how we think. A lot of times we want to secure the next few years worth of provision. Yeah. <laughs> as I was as I was studying for this this message in this study, um I just kept thinking about the fact of how many times do I look at this and go, "Well, why don't I pray for bread for tomorrow?" Mm-hmm. And then I came across yet, you know, the reality that, well, if I'm praying for bread today, what should I be doing tomorrow? I should also be praying for bread today. <laughs> That's called a consistent prayer life. That's right. Uh, if I can pray for a dependence on God for day by day, rather than just a, you know, hey God, can you get me covered for the next couple months? That'd be great. No, this is a consistent, intimate prayer life with God that is a day by day basis yeah and a consistency of i'm gonna go hang out with my dad today yeah and i'm gonna do it tomorrow and the day after and the day after well and he provides he he has promised to provide he's not waiting on us to pray this prayer before he provides he provides and so we almost take it for granted sometimes and uh but but the idea of it is if we pray it it helps us recognize that it is all coming from him. Oh, yeah. And nothing is happening apart from him. <laughs> yeah. But it also changes the scope of how we see God. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden we see a God that is concerned with even the small day-to-day little things that I think a lot of times we're like, oh, well, I got this. Bread? Yeah. I can handle that. I'll just go to the grocery store. Yeah. But even that comes from God. That's right. And he is concerned about that. Intimacy and awe. Mm-hmm. Next, he's going to talk about forgiveness of sins in verse 12. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Um, forgiveness. Asking the Lord for forgiveness 
but offering that forgiveness to each other. This this is the gospel working out in our lives. It is. I mean, in reality, we've all we've all messed up. Yeah. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. But forgiveness always requires confession. Yeah. And this is not a again, we're looking at the heart behind why we're praying this way. It's not about, well, God, I did this, I did this, I did this. It's not a it's not so much about the Here's my list of things that I've messed up and why I'm a horrible person. Right. This is more so, God, this is, these are things I've done wrong. These are ways that I've hurt you. And we're, I want to make this right. Yeah. And scripture is very clear that unconfessed sin leads to guilt and shame and, and that eats at your soul. Yeah. And the the important thing to remember is that the more we hold on to our sin, the further and further we get from God. Mm. Because he is holy. Mm-hmm. And if, we, if we're seeking after this intimacy and this relationship with a holy God, the way we get close to that is be more holy. And, and we confess that sin, and that draws us into God. Yeah. That's why confession is so important when it comes to prayer, because it's all about growing closer to God, yeah. not further away. And in the same way that God forgives us, we become kind of a conduit of that to others. Yeah. That um, these two things are linked. It's not, it's not one plus one. It's kind of the two sides of the same coin. We are so grateful for the forgiveness we receive from God, but in turn, that means um, I need to forgive people that have sinned against me. Yeah. And I need to recognize that I've sinned against him way more than they've sinned against me. Yeah. I mean, if we look at, uh, it literally says, as we have forgiven. Yeah. So, like, if I'm forgiving other people in the same way that God has forgiven me, then, ooh, maybe I got some work to do in my forgiveness life. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of room for more forgiveness. <laughs> yes. Um, and the hard part about this is if we look, skip down in verse 14, right after the Lord's Prayer, Jesus picks right back up on forgiveness. Clearly, this is something we have an issue with as human beings. Um, But our forgiveness of others is directly linked to our forgiveness from God. But if we cannot forgive other people, then how can we expect forgiveness from God? Yeah. This was what makes it so much less about the act of it than the heart behind it. If we are not growing a heart of forgiveness, then... Clearly, God's not at work in our life. Yeah. Oof. And to offer someone forgiveness doesn't mean that what they did is okay. Yeah, it's not. Because what we, what I have done against Christ is not okay. Yeah. It was legitimate sin, but he has forgiven anyway. Yeah, I think we, we have this whole, for some reason, we have this uh, philosophy, if you will, of, you know, forgive and forget. Right. The forget part's not biblical. Right. I, I remember all the stuff that I've done against God and how much I deserve death every single time. It's not forgetting it like all of a sudden it just went away, mm-hmm. but it's moving on past that of, but I'm going to love you and forgive you anyway, even though I know that you did wrong. That's it's right. not the forgetting part. It's the forgiving part. The forget, that's, that's not biblical. And there's incredible freedom. In, in both sides of this coin, there's incredible freedom in receiving forgiveness. There's incredible freedom in offering forgiveness. Oh, yeah. You're not holding on to something that's eating away at you. Um, th- this is one of our deepest needs as humanity is to receive forgiveness, but it, it, it also comes with that additional 
aspect of we have to also offer forgiveness. And um, this is such an important one. This, yeah. this is such a big piece because there's no reason God has to do this. He chooses to forgive us. Yeah. Because, and that's beautiful. Because he's love. And that is, that is what we are called to exemplify to the world around us. Forgiveness and love. The final piece of this verse here in verse, I'm sorry, of this prayer, this is not the last thing that Jesus said because he continues to explain, like you said, and, and talk about this. But the final piece of this uh, model prayer is right here in verse 13. He says, and, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Yeah. This is, we've gone through this prayer at this point of forgiving for the sins of the past, forgiving others. And this is essentially moving into, but protect me from the future. Yeah. Looking at the temptations that are going to come. Uh, deliverance from the sins in the future, if you will. And in reality, the part we have to realize is that if we've already been through the rest of this prayer and we've taken this seriously, if we are communing with the God of the universe, that's dangerous. Moving forward with kind of an intention to sin is dangerous? Well... We're we're now a danger to the devil. Oh, or Satan, I see what you're saying. The temptation, yeah, because we're now a primary target. We're communing with the God of the universe, and there is nothing more dangerous to him than a Christian that is on fire <laughs> in their prayer life. <laughs> and and that is that is such an important point that you're making, Tyler. The idea that um, in essence, as we grow closer to God, we become a bit of a target. Yeah, absolutely. A target for, um, well, if if this person is teaching, if he's an example, if people are looking to him, then, you know, let's let's make a mess up, let's make him stumble and fall, so that uh, people lose confidence in this God that he's representing. Absolutely. And the um, this part of the prayer is is a recognition of our weakness, Lord. I I'm so glad I'm near to you. But I need to recognize that is because of you, not because of me, and I am still weak. Please, please, in, in your strength, in your goodness, protect me. Yeah, and I think the, the important thing to realize here is that it's not always the big evil sin temptation that gets us further from God. Sometimes it's just merely the distraction. Mm. There's a lot of good stuff out there, but it's not as good as God. Yeah. And if it's not God, it's a distraction. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that distract us from a closer intimacy and relationship with God. Yeah. So many things that love us less than he does. Yeah. And yet they can occupy so much space in our mind and in our heart and in our life. Yeah. I mean, it's something as simple as, uh, uh, we're, we're not just talking about when you say distraction, what you're saying Correct me if I'm wrong. Is is we're not just talking about you know something that would go on a list of really big sins. We're talking about just you know things that would pull us away from God. Like college football loves me less than Christ does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> and I like college football a lot. Yeah. What about I mean like Instagram? <laughs> Instagram loves me less than Christ. It does. does. But it's so easy to get distracted by everything else than yeah. God. Yeah. And it's not a total avoidance. There's there's no problem with watching a college football game or, or having an Instagram account. I do both of those. Yeah, absolutely. But if that replaces my time, my relationship, uh, or the effort that I put into that relationship with God, then it becomes a big problem. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we want to invite all of our listeners into, is uh, not come into this relationship that we are modeling, but but come into a relationship where we're all growing together Closer and closer to Christ. Now, maybe for the first time, 
some of our listeners need to make a decision where uh, where they are meeting God for the first time, where they are being born again, where they're moving from being uh, being dead in your sins to alive in Christ. And that moment, that, that relationship begins in a moment and in a prayer, um, a prayer very similar to the one we just prayed, really calling out to God as Father. But we're going to model a, a, a prayer that is an invitation where you would invite Christ to come and be your Lord and Savior. If that's your desire, I invite you to pray with me right now. God, I know that I'm a sinner in need of your grace. I've messed up and I want you to forgive me. I believe you sent your son Jesus to live a perfect life that I couldn't live. I believe he died on the cross, was buried, and rose again so that I can be forgiven. God, forgive me, save me, come live in my heart and be the king of my life. Amen. Amen. And friend, if you did that today, we want to hear from you. Please visit us at salmonvalleybaptist.org. On the Connect page, you can let us know what God's doing in your life. And we would love to talk with you and take these first steps of obedience and discipleship with you. Or you can also respond to us there if you have any thoughts or questions. We're excited about today. Tyler, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Glad I could come. And we will see you next time on End of the Western Wild.